This is the NFL Draft Triple Take with Mike Prezuda, Dale Lawley, and Matt Williamson from Steelers Nation Radio and Steelers.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Triple Take here on Steelers.com. Prasuda, along with Dale Lawley and Matt Williamson. This is our second in a series of draft previews for you here on Steelers.com. And guys, our first edition was the wide receivers, and that had kind of a kid in a candy store feel to it. Just whatever you wanted, it was there. Uh, running backs, maybe not quite as plentiful, but still the same kind of vibe. No, I see a lot to like about this running back class. Matt, what are you saying? Yeah, I very much agree. I mean, I don't think any of them will be as kid in the candy store-ish as the Ride Receiver podcast, but this one's high on the list and there's all shapes and sizes and we judge these from a very generic standpoint. It's not like we're working for a team. And I thought these rankings were very difficult, especially at the top. Yeah, I would agree, Matt. You know, I, I looked at the, uh, you know, these top, uh, especially the top five, yeah. and it was kind of like splitting hairs on a lot of a lot of cases. I mean, you could, you could rank those guys in pretty much any order, uh, depending on what you're you're looking for in terms of, you know, power, speed, uh, et cetera, and you know, really come down to to uh, you know those top five. And really, it, when you look at it, it wouldn't surprise me if it, there you could see maybe even uh, one of my top four guys be the first guy to go, uh, be the first guy drafted because it's just going to depend on what teams are looking for, what, what style of running back they want. Uh, before we get into breaking them down, and I, I agree with you guys, I think the top five in any order uh, are pretty much the same guy, at least the top four. But Dale, I'm curious to, to hear what you think. Uh, Derek Henry was a pretty prominent guy as last season was ending. And uh, I don't know if you've heard this or not since you started covering the Steelers back in the 90s. The NFL's a copycat league. <laughs> so is, is everybody going to look for the next Derrick Henry now, or is that kind of an outlier? Well, I mean, it, it, when you look at Derrick Henry, he's, he's 6'3 and 250 pounds. You can look for that guy. You're probably not going to find him all that often in, in the college ranks. I mean, most of these running backs that are coming out this year, other than A.J. Dillon, are smaller backs. Uh, so finding a guy like like Henry is just not easy to do, especially a guy that that runs a you know a sub four five forty. Uh, those guys just don't grow on trees. That's what makes Derrick Henry a, a special guy. And you know, I, you know, Matt and I have done the show together for for a long time now on on the Steelers Nation Radio. And my God, we're you know I, I can't tell you how many times we sat there and wondered why the the, the Titans uh, former coaching staffs and or why their staffs in general weren't giving Derrick Henry the ball more. It was always a timeshare. Well, last year they finally gave him the ball consistently and you saw what he did. That would be the drive on the uh, Steelers nation radio. That would be Heck the drive. Yeah. When you say the show, be, be specific, man, get those plugs in. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's get to the list, Matt. Uh, I, I want to start with you. Uh, we'll go uh, top one through 10 and uh, you and your Steve colleague, Mr. Lawley both have JK Dobbins heading the list, Mr. Ohio State University. Why did why did he get the nod? Yeah, and again, I mean, I can't reiterate this enough that these top five, I really could put in a bag, shake them up in whatever order they came out. I would not argue with you at all. I would draw a line after those five. 
depends what you're looking for. And in terms of just general generic grades, they would all be extremely similar. I went with Dobbins. We didn't get a chance to get him to work out, but he sure looks athletic as could be on tape. And rumors are that he's off the charts in that regard. But what I kind of said in the write-up was he's sort of a B-plus in every category. You know, inside running, outside running, receiver. I mean, every aspect of the position, I look at him and think he's well above average, not special in any spot. I went with DeAndre Swift, and I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not entirely sure why, to be honest with you. Uh, I think maybe a little bit more of a home run hitter than uh, – J.K. Dobbins. And Dale, I wanted to get your thoughts on Dobbins from this perspective. Was Ohio State more loaded than the offenses for these other elite backs? And did that make things a little easier on Dobbins? Or am I just overthinking the hell out of that? I mean, Mike, I would I would argue that that uh, Swift's uh, offensive line at Georgia was far better than Ohio State's. And so therefore, uh, you know, he maybe had a little bit easier time than some of these other guys. But I agree. I mean, Ohio State's offense uh, you know, they had they had receivers, they had, uh, you know, everything that you'd want in an offense. Uh, but Dobbins was just he was just dynamic last year. And I go back. I mean, I'll, I'll trust the Big Ten coaches. They named him. Uh, oh, never the, do that. Never do that. <laughs> <laughs> but they named him the running back of the year over Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you know, Dobbins was a producer. That's why I like year. Taylor better. <laughs> <laughs> I just think he's dynamic. Number two, along those lines, I just want to bring one thing up because I really think your question applies to Cam Akers, and that's why he's my number two, and we can get to him in a minute. But all these dudes are from big schools, and the former recruiting assistant in me loses his mind thinking about it. But Cam Akers blocking at Florida State was utterly, utterly dismal. I mean, it was embarrassing I don't know how Florida State can't get linemen. I don't know how that's all going down. It makes me bonkers. But he's the one that did not benefit from his supporting cast. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Uh, that that uh, I think it's something you got to take into account. I, I have Akers a, a little bit further down on my list, but I, I definitely took that into consideration. Matt, you've got Akers number two. Dale, you went with uh, DeAndre Swift number two. Uh, who we just kind of discussed a little bit, which allows me to introduce uh, one of the guys that really got my attention all season long, and how could he not? But uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire of LSU. And uh, Matt, I'll stick with you here. Uh, see if I'm underthinking this or oversimplifying it. Alabama gave up nine rushing touchdowns last season. Edwards Alaire scored three of them. <laughs> Good enough for me. How about you? Yeah, and Joe Burrow was interviewed, I think, at the Combine and quickly said the best football player – remember, he was at Ohio State before this – best football player he's ever played with is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And I can see why. I mean, he's the best receiver of this five in terms of detaching him, running routes, running wide receiver routes. He didn't run well at the Combine. He's sort of a – he's a short dude and he's a short strider. So he doesn't open it up and run away from people, but it's chunk run after chunk run. I mean, 15 yards, 12 yards, and yeah, he might get caught from behind, but he's the most elusive in terms of jitterbug, breaking people down, breaking ankles. He's really fun to watch. He's a smaller dude and 
protection is more of a, a question with him than the other four while he's the best receiver of the of the five but one thing that LSU did a ton with Burrow was they just did five-man protections because Burrow was so smart and so crisp to get the ball out that they didn't ask him to, to, to stand in and block too much he would chip go out dump it to him make a guy miss 15 yards Dale, I know we watch a lot of college ball together, particularly when we're on the road uh, covering the Steelers, and we saw our share of LSU. I just can you take a step back for a minute and borrow uh, the tight end, the wide receivers, the running back. I haven't even got to the line yet, but uh, <laughs> that that was an amazing offense. I mean, very rare. Usually, the, the team that wins the national championship is pretty good, but th- this LSU team was a cut above in a lot of areas to me. Yeah, I think they had, Mike, uh, 16 guys at the Combine, which is pretty much a full lineup. Uh, you know, but Edwards Hilaire, to me, uh, you know, I, I watched that Alabama tape again. Uh, I remember watching that game live, and, like, they couldn't stop him. They couldn't cover him out of the backfield. I think he had almost 200 total yards in that game, as you mentioned, the three touchdowns. I mean, Yeah, he, nine, nine for 77 and another TD receiving. Yeah, I mean, he was just dynamic in that game. And and I would say, tell anybody that, that questions his size or speed to put that tape on and, and watch him and tell me that he can't play in the NFL and be a star. Matt, you're the uh, ex-scout among us. When, when a guy does really well against really good competition, uh, how is that interpreted? Well, generally a rule of thumb is when I sit down to watch a player, you want to find the best competition first. You know, start watching those tapes against the Bamas and the top teams. And it's a little bit closer. It's a little more apples to apples to what he will face. And to take it a step further, think about him on option routes against linebackers, you know, where he has comes out of the backfield, has a two-way go. He's going to be a nightmare. And he doesn't have a huge catching radius, but he has good hands. He's quick to get upfield. And it's not like you can't hand him the ball between the tackles either. I mean, he's a tough little dude. Thanks. Yeah, his thighs, Mike, are, are uh, just massive. Uh, I saw him at the combine. I'm like, holy – for a guy who's 5'7", 207, he, lo- he has Earl Campbell thighs. <laughs> He's all thigh. Matt's got Jonathan Taylor, number four, on his list. Dale has Jonathan Taylor, number four, on his list. I've got Taylor, number three, on mine, and Dobbins, number four, on mine. Uh, I just like Taylor a little bit more. Uh, I, I know that passing game at Wisconsin wasn't dynamic. I know they grow 400-pound offensive linemen who just staple face masks to their massive heads. The block for these running backs. But, uh, any question from either one of you guys, Dale, we'll start with you. Any question? Taylor got the ball a lot in the last three years. Any worry about wear and tear? You know what, Mike? That The more I've thought about it, that doesn't bother me because what that shows me is that he can handle a heavy workload. And quite frankly, I'm probably not real uh, interested in what he's going to be five or six years from now. If I'm looking at the running back position, I want to sign or draft a running back uh, use him for four or five years and let him go. So the fact to me that 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 Taylor was able to handle 300 touches a year, uh, you know, over the course of his career, tells me that he he's, he can do that and stay healthy. That's a, to me a positive. That's a fascinating way to look at it. Do you think teams are looking at it like that? Use them, run them till the wheels fall off, as a wise man once said. Well, I mean, I'd rather have that than a guy that that you know I have to guess if he can do it. Um, you know, he, he got uh, 150 carries every year, 200 carries every year in college. And I have to think, OK, can he handle this kind of workload at the pro level? I don't have to worry about that with Taylor. I know he can do it. The only question I have with him are the fumbles. 
that's a problem. The fumbles are a huge problem with me with Taylor. And I don't have him super high on the list because he doesn't affect the passing game dramatically. Although much like a Chubb or a Fournette, I think that he may have better days as a receiver ahead of him. And the fumbles really concern me for a workhorse back. But I will say, even though I have him fourth on my list, if this was 1985, he might be the first pick in the draft. I mean, I think he's the best hand the ball downhill traditional runner in this draft. And it really isn't close. He, he is, uh, he is all that. And then some uh, number five on Matt's list, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. We've uh, hit him pretty hard, Matt. You've got uh, Zach Moss at number six. Dale has uh, Cam Akers at number five and Zach Moss at number six. I've got Moss at number five. I, I think we all have him right about the same spot. And, uh, a little bit more Derrick Henry is here, right? Uh, Matt, this guy uh, at 223 pounds, a, a career 4,000 plus yard rusher, the Pac-12 offensive player of the year. Uh, pretty, pretty simple what you see, what you get kind of back, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's had some injuries, but boy, he runs really hard, really muscled up body type. And the key to me with Moss is, He's the hardest guy on this list to get on the ground. I mean, his contact balance is really remarkable. I mean, is, is that an underrated or undervalued characteristic being hard to uh, tackle? Huge. I mean, I think it's important. absolutely huge. Yeah, yards after contact is one of the most analytical, you know, uh, things to look at to projects to future success. And he excels in that area. Yeah, I, I like Moss a lot too, and I think that uh, when you when you watch him play, uh, it, it's he's kind of a bull in a china shop, uh, you know, bouncing off of tacklers, and uh, you know, there's there's a little bit of Marshawn Lynch there in terms of the the ability to stay on his feet and keep moving, and he's the one guy that I saw w looking at all these backs. I don't have to wonder about him in pass protection. I saw him do that at Utah. Uh, I also see he catches the ball pretty well too for a big guy. I like him a lot. I, 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 I think my first mock draft that I did, I had the Steelers at one point taking him, you know, whether that happens or not, who knows, but, you know, I think, I think, you know, when you watch him play uh, you see a guy that, that uh, really, I, I think whatever the fan base would be would like watching him run. He's a, he is a powerful, powerful runner. Speaking of that type, uh, I've got the AJ Dillon of BC at number six. Dale, you've got the aforementioned A.J. Dillon at number seven. And, uh, Matt, you've also checked him in at number seven. This guy is a load. I don't, I don't know if you guys are familiar. When I grew up in Philadelphia, there was a cartoon Bill Cosby did, the Fat Albert Show. And sure. Fat Albert hey, was a hey, big hey. guy, as you might expect. And one of the catchphrases was, hey, 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 love <laughs> to play tackle. <laughs> That's what I see when I see A.J. Dillon, man. I, safeties are taking bad angles on this guy on purpose. I hear yeah. you. I mean, you have to make somewhat of a business decision. There isn't a combination. Well, Jonathan Taylor, I guess, is sort of in this mold in terms of just big and fast. And no one's as big as Dylan on this list. Um, I will say, yes, I mean, force equals MA, and there's a lot of M and a lot of A with this guy. But he's not Jerome or Derrick Henry or Earl Campbell in terms of just 
power. You know, Dale mentioned Lynch. I mean, he's got really good feet and he gets downhill and he abuses people, but I don't think he's just a pounder. No, I agree, man. I was surprised when he went to the combine. I, he was one of the guys that I wanted to see there. I wanted to see, you know, what, what his body looked like because you see a guy listed at six foot two fifty. expect there to be a little bit of uh, maybe a little bit of excess baggage. I didn't see any of that with this guy. Uh, he's pretty rocked up. And then he went out and ran out like a four five two forty, which uh, guys that big uh, should not be able to do. And and so, uh, you know, that, that looked good. I went back and looked at the tape of him some more. He does catch the ball pretty well. Um, you know, if you turn on the, the, the tape of him against Pitt last year, he was a one man wrecking crew against Pitt uh, in that game. Uh, not that that's a huge thing, but but still, I mean, he he carried the load, and he's another one of those guys that you don't have to question uh, if, if he can do that at the NFL level and handle the uh, the, the beating that he takes. Uh, number eight on my list, and number ten on Matt Williamson's list, uh, kind of a, a tweener guy, Antonio Gibson from Memphis, who worked out with the receivers at the combine, but he ran the ball at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Matt, a lot of people think he's a running back. I think he's a running back. I think he's uh, somewhat of a complimentary running back, but uh, really intriguing to me at uh, six foot and a half, 228 pounds, and so much experience in the passing game as a wide receiver, but a guy who could also stick it up in there as he did at the Senior Bowl. It's super intriguing. I mean, a really rare combination of size, speed, explosion, vision with the football in his hands, not a lot of touches, but highly productive on a t- on a per-touch basis. I knew who my top nine running backs were going to be, so I cheated and put Gibson on here because maybe he's a receiver, maybe he's a running back, maybe he's just a jet motion specialty guy slash returner in the meantime. I mean, he's a little raw, very raw as a running back, runs high, um, also is not a developed route runner yet, but there's so much here to work with. And in the meantime, he's going to help you in other ways. Dale, you've got uh, Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt, number 10 on your list. Uh, Vaughn is nine on Matt's list. Uh, I did not recognize him among my top 10, but uh, Dale, tell us what you like about him. You know, he's got, he's got good size and toughness. Um, he does. He's if, if uh, you know, if you look at J.K. Dobbins as a, a B plus across the board, to me, Keyshawn Vaughn is more of a C plus. Um, you know, we're down in the rankings here a little bit. I think he has some he has some traits uh, that, that, you know, could be a uh, uh, a guy that you look at as a, maybe a timeshare type back, uh, you know, at 5'10", 214. Uh, not bad, uh, not bad size with which to uh, to work with there. Uh, the only thing I question with him is his vision a little bit, uh, but I, I think he's a solid back. And again, production in, in the uh, in the SEC is not a bad thing. I've got the Eno you know, Benjamin of Arizona State tenth on my list. You guys both uh, left him off. Uh, I'm just going to say this now: every time an Arizona State guy comes up throughout the draft, I'm going to say I like him because I'm pretty sure he knows that you're supposed to play to win the game. So we'll keep beating <laughs> we'll keep beating that dead horse until uh, April 23rd, but. Uh, one guy that we all recognized, or another guy, I should say, uh, that we all recognized is Joshua Kelly from UCLA. I've got him at number nine. Dale, you've got him at number nine. And Matt, you've got him at uh, number eight. Uh, this is a guy who started at UC Davis and uh, moved it on up to UCLA. and looks like he's ready for even more. Uh, he's having a very good offseason in addition to two productive uh, regular seasons the last two years, isn't he, Dale? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's physical for a guy who's who's 5'11", 212. He'll stick his nose in there. He's he can run between the tackles. He he catches the ball pretty well as well. So uh, I, there's a lot there to like with him. Uh, he's not quite on the level as those top five or six guys, but but certainly a guy that would you know intrigue me in maybe round four-ish. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I look at this draft as five starter caliber type dudes, and then tier two for me is Moss and Dylan. And I think Kelly and Vaughn are, are my tier three guys alone because I think both those guys will be solid contributors in basically any backfield they go to, but probably aren't a feature guy that you structure your offense around. And like you guys said, Kelly, two years in a row, really consistent production, finds the end zone a lot, goes to the senior bowl, plays great in the game. He has a little bit more juice to him than people realize, too. He, he runs away from some people. Guys, great stuff. Uh, look forward to doing it again soon. Until then, uh, for Dale Lolly of uh, Steelers of the Steelers Radio Network and SNR, and for Matt Williamson, our resident uh, scout turned radio guy, Steelers Radio Network, SNR. I'm Mike Pursuta from the Steelers Radio Network. You've been listening to the Triple Take podcast right here on your home for Steelers draft coverage, Steelers.com. So long, everyone, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, talking to you again real soon.